Welcome to Probably Science, the weekly look at the world of science, the latest in technology developments through the eyes of three comedians who don't necessarily know what they're talking about. Uh, how's it going? With me, I'm Matt Kirshen. With me, opposite, sat opposite right now, is Mr. Brooke Whelan. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll take it. You take it? Well, it was Brooks Whelan. I said Brooks Whelan. Well, there's only one of you. It was here. an S. Fuck you guys. I don't like how this one started. I put the S right there, despite the fact that it's not a real name. And, and, and Wood. <laughs> and Wood. That's my given name. And Wood. Yes. Yes. And Wood right there. And Medesky Martin. And Wood. You know, we don't get to do that with you, Matt. I'm, do, I'm saying Matt, but I'm only, only saying one, one T. One of the t- oh, yeah, I hate that when you do that. Yeah. I How's hate it, that. It doesn't feel good, does it? No, it feels horrible. And we have a special guest today, everyone. Paul Jay is here. Hi, guys. Nice to be here. I like how Rush Brooks is always just to get to their name. I feel bad. We have, a, we have a guest, and they just have to sit in silence while we No, but I'm bullshit. saying you got, you got to get a little theatrical with it. You say, you may have seen him on, and then you list the things. He's, he's, no one has ever seen me on anything, okay. so he knew well, you may have, started You may like have that. heard him from the podcast. Uh, uh, oh, my God. I forgot. The podcast that is known as... Reach for it. Reach for it. You I can get it. it. I, you can I've get it. I've been a guest on it. Pull it. Pull I've it down. I've been a guest. Dan Take. Dominguez, Jen Goldberg, and Paul J. bring you... Oh, my this God. This is awesome. This, this is, is pathetic. You know what I'm doing? I'm bringing up my iTunes right now, because <laughs> I do subscribe to it. It's called The Biggest Mistake. <laughs> you know what the second biggest the mistake name of- was? <laughs> Having the host not so yeah that's how you that's how you do what I'm trying to say is Brooks yeah way to <laughs> show me how like you do pros. it way to show me Paul J you've heard him on the Biggest Mistake podcast Paul do you have any what's your science background do you have any science history uh, strictly armchair scientist um, the last formal science class of any kind I took was probably Intro to Astronomy in 1995 right freshman year of college which I took. For a requirement, and then I was like, "I'm done, right?" That's still a yeah, college. Okay. That's a college level a college science course. class. That puts yeah. you probably as our best guest yet. For <laughs> <science>. <laughs> that uh, makes that makes you a one percenter among comedians. Yeah, that's uh, that's an elite level of knowledge. I learned some things about that. Uh, I, I remember the la- the very last scientific thing I remember learning was that scale that stars are ranked on according to like their color and size. Oh, the Mohs hardness scale. That is not at all what I'm talking about. It does, it does sound talc to diamonds. You're talking about diamonds, right? No, I know what you're saying. Um, and like you, is it the Bristol stool sample? <laughs> well, that's now some British. Just, now you're just naming bands you like. That's not what we're doing. No, here. I know what you're saying. Like, in humans can see with the, the naked eye something of like five on that scale, and it goes to like yeah, thirty six or something. The sun is like right in the middle. And then there's the way way dark red low energy stars and way hot super oh wait bright blue. I ones. thought that you were talking like I was talking about visible light. Like, oh no 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 no. So this is like you're kind, talking about kinds of stars. Oh different okay. Kinds of stars. Uh, there's like a light scale I thought on like what we can see with our naked eye in the night sky. The Fujita scale that's known as. 
Is it really? No, that's that's tornado <laughs> strength. That's uh, learned that from watching Twister. Andy has an, an endless supply of non-applicable scales. So the last for any science conversation. The last thing you remember is learning our sons different from other stun, sons. Yeah, that there's that there's a a bunch of like like the statistical distribution of stars and what it looks like. Uh, and obviously, it didn't make much of an impression on me because I can't remember, even remember what the fucking thing is called. Ever since then, I really like science. Really interested in it. Uh, read about it a lot. Watched all of cosmos there we go Ooh. but uh uh haven't haven't taken that puts you up in the top 0.5 percent of <laughs> yeah all yeah. i guess so far i just got this new uh app for my phone called go Skywatch because i was in big bear and it's amazing it's you just point your phone up at the sky and it shows you exactly what stars you're looking at right now and it made me realize like currently in the night sky the first two star first two stars you see each night for us in california like kind of along the horizon in the west uh they're super bright it's jupiter and venus oh yeah they're super close to each other yeah they're super I've, close i've been noticing that for weeks and i didn't know what they were yeah uh and and i kept thinking they were planes because that's how bright they are oh, they're so thinking, bright right i now. keep feeling to check but like that's apparently a thing right now if you're if you're listening to this around early evening time it's about to get dark go out and have a look at the horizon and you yep. can see actual planets. And then if you go, yeah. and then if you go straight up, like if you look straight up and then slightly east, there will be like a reddish star, and that's Mars. Now I'll admit, uh, astronomy is a big, a big uh, uh, blind spot for me, science-wise. And I don't, but you can usually see. I know you can see Venus. That's that's like one of the right. first. Star, that's the morning star, evening star, right? But uh, so usually you say you can't see Jupiter and Mars. No, you or? can see. You can see them, but I mean, near... like they're just super visible right now. Like I don't know why what, would that be. I don't know. They're right next to each other, so I think it's that something makes about me yeah. appear. It's they, how close they are to each other. Usually they they kind of blend in with the background stars, but when there's two things that are so bright, so close to each other, your eye goes right to them. I know. Right. Okay. Isn't also to just to do with their positioning right now compared to the sun, where the sun's. Maybe like the sort okay, of we, little moon we clearly don't know what we're talking about. Is, on this one. I do think <laughs> gone the farthest away from our wheelhouse. No, I think I do think that uh, Venus and Jupiter are the two brightest um, objects in the sky. Like they're the two brightest planets, and those are we can see planets better than anything else. So the fact that the two brightest objects in the sky, except for the moon and the sun, are right next to each other sticks out more than it normally would. If Brooks thinks it, that's as good as science to well, me. Venus. <laughs> I'm just trying to think Venus because Venus is right. Venus is closer to the sun than us right so if it's there'll be times when it's sort of in the same direction as the sun and the light from the sun will be bouncing off the wrong side of it so we surely then we'd be less likely to be able to see a lot, lot yeah. of this but if the sun if it's on the other side of the i mean they go in cycles of like when we can see them and when we can't see them for sure it's, I don't, i'm gonna need I, to sit down and draw a picture we, what yeah, we're gonna have I'm, to do for next week before next week's episode we're gonna need to make one of those science project things science project solar systems and work it out for say, ourselves is there Just, gonna be a, a worksheet for this or am i gonna have to put little paper mache planets on little spindles that's exactly what's gonna have to happen okay okay styrofoam balls attached to a mobile yeah yes yeah. i am absolutely down for probably science crafting time <laughs> I'm that so happy. Extracurriculars, assignments. This will be this will be the first time you do it. I'm so happy to be on, in on the ground floor on this. Somebody will cut like their finger real bad because we'll be good. <laughs> yeah. We'll be super drunk. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, guys, you know what, guys? How, we're how gonna... many Stellas do we need to drink before we can make a paper mache yeah, solar we, system? Bear in mind, before the podcast, is it take us a full ten minutes just to get the headphones, the new headphones, out of the packaging? <laughs> this is true. Yeah, but then again, they were packaged in that plastic stuff that we were talking about. It is very dangerous. It's it's the hermetically sealed. I don't know what you. It, it's 
crimped plastic where people often cut themselves tearing it open. I don't know what the term for that. Clamshell, maybe they call it clamshell. That yeah, sounds yeah, right. I yeah. think so. It's like heat sealed. It was very... What planet does that come from? Exactly. Am I right, guys? You guys what, what, uh, alien, Mars, obviously. What alien race did they think would be able to open that with their bare <laughs> tendrils? Who were the packaging wizards that came up with that one is what <laughs> I want to oh, ask. You're going magic, not Somebody. science? It's, it's packaging wizards instead of packaging aliens? Before, way. You're listening to Probably Magic with... <laughs> Before we def- get in, definitely magic. <laughs> before we get into our first topic, I, this happened last night. I watched a Led Zeppelin documentary on the Biography Channel. That halfway through, I realized did not have license for Led Zeppelin songs. <laughs> it's, it's called like it's a wait new. A, wait a minute. Yeah, how I, did they handle this problem? It was just Yardbirds music. They just played the Yardbirds. <laughs> Like and then Close enough. more fuzzy guitar, fuzzy guitar yeah, riffs. Like riffs, halfway yeah. through, I love Led Zeppelin and I love documentaries. And like thirty minutes in, I was like, "Why is it? Why does this suck? I don't. Oh, that's I the, can't realize that's why the worst. this is bad. You can't, oh, because I've not heard any of the music. Because yeah, I haven't heard any Led Zeppelin yet. <laughs> but they have got some music by Jed Zeppelin, yeah, exactly. who's a hillbilly man. Do you know what's going to blow your mind right now? It is not out of the realm of possibility that we might have Robert Plant on this podcast at some point. Do you know why? What are you talking about? If you feel like you're Matt Kirshen over here who's like, oh, I might be able to get this person. And then, <laughs> hey, would you, come off. would you guys be down with Barack Obama? I mean, I know him. <laughs> I, listen, to, to compare Robert Plant, he's not, his career is not exactly blowing up right now. Although he did just win an, a Grammy for his Fuck you. Like saying that's just counted us out of ever getting him. What's the- <laughs> oh, my God. How could we ever get Robert Plant? <laughs> okay, here's how. Jesse Case, listeners will remember him from episode, uh, I believe, 10. And the creator of our intro music. Creator of our intro music, very funny comedian and uh, roommate of mine and resident of, of, or uh, hometown child, what's the right word for being from somewhere? (laughs) Just tell me how we're going to get Robert from. (laughs) He's from Nashville. He's from Nashville. His parents are still there. And his mother is a, uh, a doctor or nurse and has, currently has Robert Plant as her patient. So what, are we going to go to Nashville and just attack him in in his bed? Brooks, Brooks, Brooks. Andy, 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 you're saying crazy things right now. I'm not, though, because he came to me. He said, Andy, you're not going to believe this. Robert Plant is my mom's patient right now. And uh, she started, he asked about her and her life, her, her family. She brought up the comedy thing. And then it wasn't like she, in Jesse's words, it wasn't like she was forcing the issue. But like Robert Plant kept bringing it up and kept talking about what a fan of comedy he is, how he wants to meet her son, he wants to he wants to be involved in comedy projects and do things. Fuck, man, I'm going to Nashville right now. <laughs> no, Jesse but he Case. splits his time. He's here all the time. So Jesse's like, yeah, we got to write a sketch what, to put what, Robert Plant in. Robert Plant splits his time between Los Angeles and Nashville. He's got a girlfriend out in Nashville now, I guess. <laughs> not 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 London or not, where no. he's from. It is com- I'm Robert, still... if you're listening, I respect your choice of where to live, and I think you should come not, on the not, podcast. I still not think middle, the... not Middle Earth. He doesn't have a no. He doesn't have house. in the Shire. No. It's still out of the realm of possibilities that he will be on this. As far as I'm it's concerned, not, it's not. No, it's do you know that happen. the band he was in before Led Zeppelin was a uh, a Lord of the Rings like tribute band called <laughs> Hobbs Tweedle? <laughs> That's completely true. That's a true thing. What, well, what you're saying now is Led Zeppelin wasn't a Lord of the Rings tribute band. Well, he was in an even more Ooh, Lord of the Rings tribute band called Le- Hobbs. Like, like we don't even care if girls like this ever. Yeah. Oh man, band. I love Led Zeppelin. Do you um, love all of it? Do you even love like the? I crunch? love all of it. Yeah, you love their attempts I like the at crunch. funk. I like it all. I don't. I don't care, man. I only. I only like this year realized that Jamaica is a pun. <laughs> that's it's, how that's how dumb I am about it. Well, no, it, it, if you yeah. don't if you don't know how British people pronounce things, it doesn't yeah, make any sense. Yeah. 
But then when it, when Hang you on, how do you pronounce it differently? It <laughs> it, to an American, that looks like deer maker. That, that's what that looks like. Oh, okay. Uh, right? That, I'm not crazy that a British person would look at that and say it the way that I Jamaica, said it. Right, yeah. yeah, that sounds like Jamaica. That's that's very dismissive, Matt. <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Anyway, but also okay. when, you, when you factor into the fact that that's also sort of a, a reggae-ish song, it makes more sense that it's also play on Jamaica, right? Well, yeah, and that's why I felt like a fucking idiot for not getting it for you right. know, seventeen years. But then, what doesn't explain Braun Ear Hour Stomp and all? What is that, Matt? What is Braun Dash Yr Dash? That was like a place where they recorded it. That was like oh, the area of where they recorded it for real. Then, what does one of the songs have Yr and what is just Y? Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, okay. I'm not a I'm not a like historian on Led Zeppelin. I tried to become more of a historian last night, but, we'll get, but I couldn't fucking get what, through that documentary. You, but you know, you, you know, he's he's not the Zeppelin isn't the only uh, notable um, group of Brits to uh, be mentioned on today's episode. <laughs> All right, let's just bring it. First topic. Bring it home, man. Bring it home. Anyway, come on. Okay, wow. here's our. So, <laughs> and I hate Katy Perry. And that, I hate Katy Perry. That's. Ugh, we'll get to that. That one might be up there in the top five uh, Andy Worst Wood segues. segues. Yeah. So speaking of very rich British people, speaking of Led Zeppelin. Okay, I just want to start off the next subject with Katy Perry's the worst. Um, <laughs> and then we'll move on to our first science topic of the day. That uh, was just, were you just trying to clear off my segue? Yeah, I, I, like I, am, segue I, block, I you... try to block your segues because they, they are stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, but holy shit, we're 12 minutes in. We haven't talked about science yet. Uh, so... This one is just about how Virgin Galactic has just signed up its 500th member to who has put it down a $20,000 down payment in order to be insured one of the first flights uh, for um, commercial commercial flights to space. And it's Ashton Kutcher. He has signed up to be on Virgin Galactic. Yeah, he has. And he's also signed up uh, with other notable people like Tom Hanks, Katy Perry. Oh, she's in this story. I just realized that. I hate her. I hope that one blows up. Um, (laughs) Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. They've all, there's been 500 ticket holders right now, and they're all included um, on flights to go up into space. Now, these are suborbital flights, which means they never like actually orbit the Earth. They just go up 100 kilometers or 61 miles above sea level, which is uh, what is considered space. Like if you get past... The technical definition of space. Yeah, that's the definition of space. So So what what, are they going to feel? Are they going to feel weightlessness? They will feel feel weightlessness for six minutes. So what it is, here's Virgin Galactic. They have one... They have like a mothership. It's called the mothership. And it's like two planes glued together at the wings. Like there's a center wing that they're that they're attached at and on that wing is like a glider like a fixed plane rocket like i mean it's not a glider because it has a rocket on the back but it goes up like sixteen thousand kilometers and then the um other the spaceship that actually goes up into space detaches and blasts off a hundred kilometer uh wait a thousand yeah a hundred kilometers above sea level okay and then they go up there and then they are weightless in space for six minutes, which in, and in those six minutes, the passengers get to like unbuckle and float around, which will be cool. And then they just reenter and then they land back down again. So, so it's like six minutes of weightless small talk between Angelina Jolie, Ashton Kutcher, right. and Brad Pitt and just some, floating around. And some talking very about, rich people. What, what, talking I, what, about what, their agents, uh, what projects well, they're working on. From the detachment until they land again, it's two and a half hours where you're just in a rocket ship going to space. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. Two and a half hours, you, you're going to... Right. But the Will that price, not just mostly feel like a flight? Just like a yeah, normal... Right. Just okay. It's $200,000 per flight 
for one person. So, and at most, if it's six people on these things, two two pilots, six people. Um, it goes up. The base is in the Mojave Desert in New Mexico right now. So, and they want to open up new bases in Dubai and of Sweden. Yeah. yeah. And that oh, way, I hate Dubai. <laughs> I hate Dubai like you hate Katy Perry. Like right? I just, oh, I can't. I've, I've gigged there twice, makes, and I'll never. It's just horrible. I've fucked Katy Perry twice. That's why. Yeah, no, I, I'm just kidding. It's just it. Well, it's just out. such a. It's not a place. No, it's, it's not, not a place. It's like it's, it's like the opposite of a place. The whole country <laughs> is like it's like they've looked at Las Vegas and gone. Let's make this tackier. Let's let's see if we can let's really amp it up a notch. You know what? I, you know what I don't horrible. like about Las Vegas is the tasteful understatement. Let's <laughs> exactly. let's do away with that and the accessibility and the sense of not overt racism. Let's just. Oh, <laughs> it's just such a. Ugh. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, it's we just... talked about it before. How when I went to a, uh, are you talking about Dubai racism yeah. right now? Oh, I'm talking about Las Vegas racism. <laughs> when I got to when I, you go to the gun range, you can just shoot different ethnicities. You can pick them as you targets. Pick your target, which oh, is crazy. To me. See, Vegas, I didn't like either, but Vegas still beats Dubai because I I met. Um, uh, oh God, what I can't even remember with a. Oh, it was a Neil Diamond impersonator. That was what it was. Okay, and I, you didn't like this? No, no, I did. This is why oh, Vegas. Right. This is why Vegas wins over Dubai. I met. I found myself in an elevator for a full, like, ten-story descent with a Neil Diamond impersonator, and he caught me staring at him, as you would. Right. And, and he just, like, he could have looked away or looked shifty or, or been embarrassed or pretend he hadn't seen me, but instead he looked right at me and just went, just keeps getting better and better, kid. Oh, man. <laughs> are you sure it wasn't Neil Diamond? Yeah. Or you just were in it with Neil Diamond, are you, are you sure it wasn't? Are you sure it wasn't the physical embodiment of Las Vegas <laughs> manifesting itself in human form? He, to be honest, he did then disappear at one point. He went, well, your dreams shall come true, and then he was gone. Okay. In, a, in a puff of chips. What I don't get is why the, why the Neil Diamond impersonator is so used to getting recognized. Like, how could he look that much that he just gives you a knowing glance? Like, well, yep, he was in full, he was in the full jumpsuit. Are you thinking of Elvis? Are you just no? Your no. British ways are getting confused. No, it was at the Riviera where they clearly advertise every night the Neil Diamond show. Oh, okay, 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 it was very definitely. That's um, awesome. It was like, very definitely the full. Yeah, Neil Diamond, the honky tonk hotel guy. <laughs> That so, Neil Diamond. So back to the space thing. Yeah, what, 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 I'm, what I'm getting from this whole story is that Virgin Galactic is a wildly over-optimistic name for a company yeah. oh, that, that, does, that does not even go into orbit, yeah. technically. Right. Well, their, uh, whole, their thing with the new bases is that you can be in space longer. That way you can like travel uh, further. Okay. And also, they, they, they have two of the spaceships are completed so far, and they're called the Enterprise and the Voyager, uh, which uh. is... So dumb. Oh, and I bet. Oh, how, just had how to, many they? shitty newspapers are going to have some pun on "see the stars" and the stars? Oh, yeah. All of them. Oh, every everything. every single the one. Stars, see to... the stars. Okay, here's a question I want to go around and ask: What price would you pay to go on this? I mean, it sounds it sounds cool. I would do it not for two hundred thousand dollars though. Two hundred dollars, I'd do it. Two, okay, really? Two hundred bucks? That's it? Maybe you, more, but I would definitely pay that. If they offered it, I wouldn't. I would say not, yes to that. Yeah, I'd fucking do it for nine dollars. <laughs> like, but I want to know. That's not the question. The question wasn't what's name the, a number that you would accept. What's the maximum amount that you would pay to go on this? Well, I would first compare it to the cost of just going in one of those. Uh, just vom- give vom- me a number. Well, here, no, here's what I wanted to say: is like this is barely different from just one of those padded, hollowed-out airplanes. The vomit, the vomit com- comet. Yeah. yeah, you get to look out. But like, that, I mean, you only get about. 60 seconds tops of okay so like one thing, right? minute to six minutes is worth like five hundred dollars to twenty thousand like dollars oh it's a lot more than i think that vomicom it still costs something a, like, 
Thousands? Thousands and thousands. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe, you know, if I got 200 grand burning a hole in my pocket and I no. also hate the homeless. As of right now, what would you do? Like, how much would you pay? Uh, six minutes. Six minutes. Two and a half hours trip. Two and a half hours. Would, okay. Would I be in the company of rich well, people? Rich, uh, interesting people? No. Yeah, you'll definitely be in the... Well, I think well, the, re- by the real question, the real people. question here is, do we get to see Katy Perry in Zero Gravity? Exactly. <laughs> I think is what I think, Andy was afraid to ask, but I asked it for him. Well, no, I just want to hang out with uh, celebrities in space. <laughs> I just but wanna, yeah, also, that weightless boobs is interesting to me too. Those, those are those are. Interesting. <laughs> we just, okay, we about, do, oh, we just lost Brooks for a second. Brooks, yeah, I just dazed out. I, I don't like Katy Perry, but I think she's beautiful. But like her music video, I just watched and it made me so angry. <laughs> where her boyfriend uh, cheats on her, so she joins the Marines. It's the worst, as women are wont to do. Yeah, okay, but come on. A thousand dollars. I would give a thousand dollars. I think I would give a thousand. Matt. Oh, I think I'd pay more than a thousand. Because you're thinking, like, what would you pay for a vacation? And I don't... A six-minute vacation? Oh, I <laughs> no. know, but still. I th- I think I'd pay a, a couple of grand, a few grand now. So, but if I had more money in the future, I'd no, spend more. No, you guys, this is not... This is I was about, right like, now. what we'd spend right, 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 now. Now. right now. Write a check right now that, that has to clear. I think I'd stretch to two and a half grand. Okay, mm. Paul. Right now, yeah, I would trade half my Blu-ray collection because I have no ready cash. So How much would that bring? That would bring. Oh, that's a good question. Do I sell Avatar? Do I keep Avatar? <laughs> Do you have some um, Criterion collection? Well, you go into no, space. You're no. part of Avatar. It's a bunch of. Oh, it's true. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Do it. <laughs> Do I have to get knocked out and then woken up? No, you is don't have to. Cry- get is it? It's not a cryo freezing situation. It is not a cryo freezing. Okay, situation. just two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. You, um, you will. Tom Cruise will be on it with you. I that uh, that honestly does not sway me one way or another. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, That's why I picked somebody who's <laughs> like, would I want to be with Tom Cruise for two and a half hours? Double edged sword. <laughs> yeah, you Wait, don't know. Tom Cruise. I would hang out with Tom Hanks for two and a half hours. That's why I didn't say Tom That's, Hanks. That, Tom That's Tom the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. That queers the deal. That's the way it sways. Tom Cruise is perfectly neutral. Yeah, everyone yeah. would be like, I could go into space with Tom Cruise. I could take or leave that. Because he could be really annoying, or he could point out like really interesting space facts oh, that yeah. only he knows exactly. because of his special training. Training in that That's area. where Zeno okay. lives. I, I would honestly, I would pay like yeah, I'd go with Matt. I'd pay like a few grand, like three, three thousand dollars. You went, you went from uh, paying zero cash and only well, subset of your Blu-ray saying, to outbidding all of us. I'm saying, I'm just saying, I'm broke right now. Okay. But but the idea still appeals on, to you. Uh, Two hundred grand is way. Oh yeah, no, way that's not. Too, I think we too can agree down the realm. I would do. I would go up there. Um, I think you know. I think I would have to argue with my girlfriend to do it. Uh, but fifteen hundred bucks, I would. I would definitely do it. Hmm. It's all right. It's a month's rent, right? For most. Yeah. I think it would be totally cool. Of us. Sure. All right. Let's keep moving on would to you... the next topic. What was the question, Matt? I, I was going to say, uh, how much would it cost? How much would you willing be willing to uh, receive to uh, be the first space streaker? Well, you would die. Uh, you would die because you wouldn't have a spacesuit on. No, you could do it in the craft. I'm not oh, talking about going out. Well, then you're just going to get arrested when you get home. Streaking? I know, but it'd be worth it. Like, yeah, no, that'd be hilarious, man. You go back to the lavatory uh, sometime during the flight, and then as soon as weightlessness hits, you, <laughs> you, just... you rocket yourself out of the lavatory door, go up the middle of the craft, and just, and go... just like, hey, check uh... me out! 
or Ashton. even just claim it happened by accident. Space did this. Uh, <laughs> in space, no one can hear you. Uh, I don't know what just happened, nerd. but gravi- the lack of gravity somehow made this happen. Did the lack of gravity give you an erection? <laughs> what the fuck? That? No, that's just an effect of uh, all the blood's rushing to strange places. I, don't know. <laughs> I like the idea that's the only time in life you could do the helicopter and have it actually propel you through the air. <laughs> oh, you could be spinning that and flying by people. They just are disbelief. <laughs> uh, but then the rest of your body would start spinning in the opposite direction right. because of concern, <laughs> conservation of angular yeah, momentum. Yeah. You got to be careful. <laughs> Crack that your head on a bulkhead be... or something. Yeah, that's why you need a second stabilizer penis <laughs> to be spinning near your foot or something just to keep the orientation. You and your... What's that? It's my tail rotor. You'll understand later. <laughs> yeah, it's like Larry and Dan teamed up. <laughs> we have to counteract each other's helicopter. <laughs> Hold it hands like, with their other back hands to back, like, spinning it opposite. You go clockwise, I go counter. Yeah, I yeah. like how yeah. somebody would do that, and it's, I bet instantly Tom Cruise would be like, "You need a counter rotor." <laughs> just get naked too. That's the thing. Oh, is he's the selfless. Old, he sees a need and he fills it. That's, the, old, the old space helicopter counter gyroscope. Yeah, that's like, my favorite sex move. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I like. I mean, I like Tom Cruise at, at, from the aspect of a, of a movie star. I like. If you're a movie star, you're crazy. That's fine. I, 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 I'm going to say the only thing uh, that I've really liked Tom Cruise and Dubai in is Mission Impossible 4. I, I that was pretty cool. That's a fun ass. That's a fun ass movie. That's Dubai has nothing else to offer humanity, as far as I can tell. Oh, well, here, um, on a completely different note, on something that does have use for humanity, here's um, some Nokia or Nokia, depending on which country you're in. <laughs> well, we're in America, <laughs> so it's Nokia. Uh, has has just taken out a patent on. Vibrating uh, tattoos. Uh, what? Why'd they get it on it? Vibrating tattoos. No, okay. before that. Twice, twice now. <laughs> I, I, have, I have a list of things that I wanted to have happen on this podcast. <laughs> and uh, Matt Kirsch deploying some British pronunciation that none of us right. have no, ever no, heard before. What was it? Nokia got a patent? <laughs> <laughs> Nokia got a patent. Double up. Doubling up. No, I think it was, uh, I think it was New Kaya got a patent, wasn't it? Yeah. Was that it right? was a, a, a patent on what now? On vibrating tattoos. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. <laughs> well, uh, they, 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 they seem to have patented. Um, patented. Yep. Uh, vibrating <laughs> tattoos, which, which, which as far as I can go, it describes um, the patent describes tattooing, stamping, or spraying a ferromagnetic material onto a user's skin and then pairing it with a mobile device, um, which could then be used to, for certain alerts, for medical alerts, or for. Text be, messages, text it could be anything. Various yeah. passwords. You know the thing sometimes when you go to a restaurant and they give you like a, a buzzing thing that lets you know when your food's ready? No, that's underneath that, your fingernail. That could fingernail. be just underneath your skin. Like, yeah. Oh, great. That doesn't sound dystopian <laughs> and horrific at all. That, that does. doesn't sound like something I'd be clawing out of my flesh in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> just with my bare fingernails. Like, stop texting me, oh some God, ex-girlfriend so or something. The worst, the well, worst. I guess they've, you know, they've lost a lot of ground to Apple and Blackberry and... What's, not, where, where, what's, what's nobody else doing? <laughs> um, implanting horrible cyber demonic technology in people's, in people's flesh. Yeah, the iPhone's got the swipe screen, but we've got a... I mean, can we make that tattoo a Chili Peppers tattoo? Because then I'll probably <laughs> go ahead and I was going to say, Brooks. Yeah. Brooks would be Yeah, 17-year-old, year yeah, you would yeah. be getting that well before anyone else. You guys got the new iPhone? <laughs> yeah, well, fuck, check this out. I got the Queens of the Stone Age phone <laughs> yeah. got tattooed it. on my body. Got, it, over... got, got it on the inside of my biceps, so you know it hurt. <laughs> yeah. All over Long Island, women's lower backs are vibrating. They're just yeah. like, Who's, do I have something coming in? I will never regret this new phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This phone will stay cool forever. Oh. 
Oh, all the all the permanency problems of tattoos and wireless technology yeah, in yeah. one single thing. Phones go out of style. Like I mean, they they go they fall out of technology or whatever you would say. In that two years or so. Yeah. Two years. You're gonna tattoo one? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, some dude got. You know what this makes me think of is the, the dude with the fucking Zoom tattoo. Who now has to live with that? For the <laughs> Somebody rest got of his a, life. You, do you know a Zune tattoo? No, this was this was a guy Someone on the must have a Zune. No, tattoo. it's a guy on the internet. He's like famous for a picture he took of his big proud <laughs> Zune shoulder tattoo. Oh god, that's great! That he got like before it had even come out. He was like, I am planting my flag on this yeah, thing, and, taking, and now it's gone. I'd be the Zune is yeah. not a thing. I'd be anymore. ashamed to even have bought a Zune. Yeah, let bought alone him? yeah. <laughs> I, I who's purchased wait, we. Let's 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 be fair. If we're gonna tear into Matt for pronouncing things strangely, you just said Botten. <laughs> Botten. Maybe Zoom. that's an Iowa Bot thing. A is that a region? We bought, we bought a Zoom. You know what, guys? This is when we're gonna start attacking my pronunciations. <laughs> oh yeah, no, uh, that was one of it's my other. Game. That was one of my other bucket list things on this podcast was Brooks' attempts to say a word he has no business saying. <laughs> yeah, which like is most of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, nope, too hard, too hard. Back it off, Brooks. Back it off. No, no, I can do this. I can do this. This is a first, I think, Paul. You're the first uh, guest we've had who actually listens to the podcast yeah i really I like it that. that's oh, that's why i i uh, wanted to be on it because i i've listened to every episode and i enjoy it because nice. i like science and i like fucking goofing around and uh, being assholes <laughs> to people um which well, there's ample supply as do both. i i i do know i've got a friend by the way on this on this subject who has a who has a myspace tattoo oh god uh, what no. is it tom it <laughs> better be tom <laughs> looking over his shoulder at you yeah, yeah oh, and he's my friend <laughs> as he's all of our friends right, right. <laughs> it's just He's, he must be my real friend. He's my MySpace friend. That's the same. No, it's my friend Dan, who used to work at MySpace. And, you know, he, he thought, wow. oh, I made a lot of friends. A lot of my social life came from people I met during the MySpace time. So I, he got a MySpace, he got a tattoo with a MySpace logo, you know, the kind of three yeah, figures. Three, yeah, it's a sort of place. Um, like the sort of three school. torsos kind of thing. Yeah. I just deleted my MySpace account a few weeks ago. I hadn't checked I it in like two years. I didn't know you could years. delete them. Every time, yeah. you, every time someone deletes their account, a little bit of his tattoo vanishes. Oh, there we go. It should be. Oh, my God. The I, Back to the Future picture. I saw my top eight, though, like from a few years ago, and it was it was like... I was really bummed with who I used to be. No, I, I, I've been back to mine like in the last couple of months. Is it and we'll looking, well, looking at the comments, oh, it's just that. robots leaving me comments. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, like, I was like, I've had enough of you. Yeah. It's I, just I'm, E-Detroit at this point, which uh, someone else has yeah. said, but I said it first and then just didn't say it on stage and so no one believes that. But yeah, MySpace <laughs> is like E-Detroit. It's... <laughs> East Detroit? E. It's like no. the, it's like the electronic, electronic embodiment Detroit. of what oh, Detroit electronic is. electronic Detroit. Okay. Yeah, it's just I'm, ghost I'm, town, empty skyscrapers. Honestly, I'm, I'm leaving mine up just to see how long it stays there. I, I had a Friendster yeah. page that I used like two times. <laughs> I love I, I left it. I left it there just to see what would happen. Really? And it, the Friendster got bought, and it's a fucking Malaysian gaming site. Oh, now. really? Like, wow. I, I saw there's this cool show on the Discovery Channel about Detroit right now. It's called Life After People. I don't know if you guys, if I fucking, that was a joke I used to tell. That's it. That's, That's it awesome. for that I one. Like it. I like it. <laughs> Hold on. Let's go back. What's going on? So it's Nokia implants at this sink. They think this is going to work? Well, at the moment, it's just a patent. That's right, patent. But uh, Oh, okay. So it's not in development. So they haven't actually done means. this yet. They're just, they're just putting their stamp on it before anyone yeah, else Yeah, but you can, can get a... People have patented everything, so but, I mean, that's I mean, not that, crazy. That sort of means that the technology must be feasible, and I think it is, and it's and it would be invisible. It wouldn't have to be something you could see. You could just implant it on your finger or something and presumably control when it would I like vibrate. the idea that they just are going to put their phone in your arm. 
Like that's oh, what the, the actual phone is, is embedded yeah. in We're your We're just going to put the phone in there. And then you can just do the thing of just using your thumb and little finger to yep. be a phone. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Inside your head. Hello. And, and then I- improv coaches the world over have to stop bitching at you for doing that. That's not how you hold a phone. Um, this is the only way you hold a phone? Yeah, that's where my phone this is, is. This is phones. This is what phones are now. Yeah. Deal with it. Comedy. I kind of like the idea of having that thing vibrate if, uh, if you could control it. If there was no risk of it suddenly going haywire, just waking you up with vibrations. And if you could... You could, you know, there are things you could do with that that might be interesting that uh, um, I'm not going to... That we don't need to go into yeah. in great detail, right, but right. yeah, uh, I, I think see. my problem with it is there are things my body does on its own that I wish I could turn off. Right, right. I don't want to install <laughs> yeah. a thing. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's I could have no control over it all. You know what you might you want to install, content though? off silent. I'm going to put yeah. my arm on silent. Hold on. You know what, though? Sometimes people want things they could turn back on, (laughs) such as when they lose body parts. And so now we're wondering, science, will you ever be able to grow replacement hands? (gasps) Will they, Andy? Maybe. Maybe, as it turns out. It might seem unbelievable, but researchers can grow organs in the laboratory. And there are patients walking around with body parts which have been designed and built by doctors outside of a patient's own cells. And this in and of itself isn't that that new, but um, BBC had an article about all the advances that have been made in in growing body parts uh, outside of the body and then implanting them. And uh, I'm wondering how, how far along this might go and if someday we might be able to grow complex structures such as hands or even, uh, I guess, organs would be the next big step because right now we can successfully grow flat structures such as the skin. Those are the simplest to engineer because they're generally made up of just one type of cell. And we can also grow tubes like blood vessels and urethras um, which have just two types of cells and even some hollow non-tubular organs like the bladder and the stomach. You can actually grow those outside of the body and then implant them into the body. Wow. And that's done um, with the more complex organs like like a bladder. They build this sort of a scaffolding because uh, helicopter alert. Well, let's keep going because then it's just dead air to over a helicopter. <laughs> it's helicopter air. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the t- technique for growing a bladder would start with taking a tissue sample about half the size of a postage stamp from the bladder that's being repaired, and over about a month, the cells are grown in the laboratory in large quantities. Meanwhile, a scaffold in the shape of the organ or part of the organ is replaced, uh, being replaced is built, and then they coat that scaffold, basically like creating a layer cake. They place the cells on the structure one layer at a time, and the cells sort of intermingle with that that shape, and then it's baked for two weeks in an oven, which has the same conditions as the inside of the human body. Which isn't hot enough to call an oven, I wouldn't think. But uh, and then the new bladder yeah, is more of an incubator. Right, than an oven, yeah, right? yeah, that's a better term probably. And they place that back into the body, and eventually the scaffold part is absorbed by the body, leaving the cells in place. Um, and what's interesting is they can do the opposite of that with some existing organs that they wouldn't be able to just transplant, such as uh, I think it was a windpipe they used. Yeah, a donor windpipe was scrubbed. Uh, they basically treated it with cycles of enzymes and detergents to break down and wash away all the host cells just leaving behind this web of proteins, mostly collagens and elastins, that give the windpipe its structure, and then they overlay stem cells of the person receiving it onto there to grow actual cells into so that structure. So suddenly it'll have your DNA and it won't right. be rejected. So you, won't, you, won't take, you won't have to take all those uh, you know, anti-rejection drugs and things. And uh, the question remains whether it's possible to grow you know, complex organs, kidneys, livers, and then even hands, but uh, we can at least do that. God. If, really if that becomes a widespread technology, how much do you abuse the shit out of that if that's covered by your health plan? Oh, yeah. Like, just so cut many off more, something you don't like. So just many more, more dangerous sports. Like, 
I'm, I'm oh, going God, to go yeah. surfing on a shark. Because yeah. <laughs> I can... Sharks surf. Hey. Well, you can't really grow back your body, idiot. Don't do that. <laughs> Who knows? I almost, One day. I was going to hey, go... Hey, Doc, uh, my uh, normal-sized penis seems to have been cut off. <laughs> Yeah, my my huge penis seems to be because <laughs> the, the shirts will only cover up to what you had. Oh, so no. like for like. Here's you what you appraise that. Ten here's what you do. And, you yeah. just oh, also, you, you just cut off the very end. Yeah, and then you can tell them however much longer. Because like, well, also you don't want it replaced as new because they need to have a baby dick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to grow. Give it. Give it. Give it. Wait another eighteen years. We got to. We got to. You lost your testicles. They got to bake inside your body for eighteen years before they can drop out again. No, sorry. You're gonna be the only testicleless old man at the gym. I might take the baby testicles over the baby penis because then they're so tiny it makes the rest look like giant by comparison. Oh my god, have you seen Andy? His balls are adorable. Uh, (laughs) His dick is frightening Uh. though. We're, we're afraid of it. There's the tree trunk over two jelly bellies. Okay, okay. I'm, not, I'm not as enthusiastic about this idea if you have to get the baby version of whatever missing part it was. Yeah, yeah. Like, I got one normal hand and one baby hand because I, I had a saw accident. So I was going to go to grad school at Georgia Tech for prosthetics. They have a prosthetic pro- wow. prosthetics program there. Um, but then I realized like I was going to go to grad school... Um, after biomedical engineering, getting that degree, but then I was like, "That's just more degree I'm gonna have to throw away when I want to do comedy." So <laughs> oh, you already knew at that point. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. I started doing comedy uh, right out of high school, but then I just went to four years of, of college, and like oh. I was like, I could go to grad school, and I originally idea was gonna go to prosthetic school because um, it's like a two year program at Georgia Tech, but then I was like. I'm just going to quit this eventually anyway. Why Unless you it? become that guy who uses yeah. it on stage. Say, like, what if you just become a prop comic for prosthetics? That's true. I could have. I mean, I like, I think prosthetics is like awesome. It's like a super like noble thing to do. It's pretty cool. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, there's few, few professions in engineering that are so obviously useful to, to people in need. Yeah, and there's only, like, I think there was only two um, prosthetic schools. I think one was, like, cent- in central Michigan somewhere, and then the other one was in Georgia Tech. Now, which one did Herbie Hancock attend before? Uh, I went, to a, li- the- I went to, a, to a liberal prosthetic school. We could just uh, design our own <laughs> curriculum. <laughs> got, got, got nowhere. I thought you were going to say a liberal prosthetic school where all your... Um, you you would make prosthetic gay arms <laughs> that just hung yeah. down at the wrist. Only left arms. And I'm yeah. picturing you asking right. your no. you asking your professor like, how many fingers should this have? They're just like, whatever you feel is right. <laughs> yeah. There's no wrong answer. I made myself one normal leg and one bird leg, and I'm going to live this way for a year and write a blog about my experience. This knee goes backwards. Is that okay? (laughs) This knee goes backwards. (laughs) That's like like a science fiction, cheap science fiction thing. Whenever they want to make an alien super alien, they make the knees go the wrong way. And that instantly makes, every time I see that, it's so stupid, but every time I go, I like it when it's just the Star Trek technique of just like, let's put some extra ridges in their forehead. They're so different from us. We have a two hundred dollar makeup budget <laughs> yeah, per episode yeah. look yeah that's <laughs> oh man these guys have hair that's the color of no human so, hair <laughs> <laughs> i like that um what so wait what brought that up because i mean what brought up that story andy because like that's oh, an interesting question been going on for a while i mean they've been able to grow they grew ears like a long time ago grew an ear on a mouse yeah. you're asking me why i decided to talk about this because it happened to be on the bbc <laughs> uh, oh okay well, I thought maybe that there was like a breakthrough or something. Yeah, um, see, look at us talking all this shit about British people, and then they supply us with a topic. With a non, it does seem this, this technique story. of using using sort of existing structures and then building up a scaffold scaffold with your own DNA. I think I think you know the ear on the mouse wasn't DNA matched to a specific human. Yeah, I don't think so. I think you're right. Um, 
Okay, we'll move on to this is a super old topic as well, but it's brought up recently because it was in the science section of Google News. Um, <laughs> the search for Amelia Earhart is back on, guys, because uh, because we've updated technology um, and and enhancing old photos. And also, there's a reward offered with it, so a madcap race is ensued between yeah, famous exactly. celebrities. Um, it's like it's a madman, madman world, but instead of a bag of money, it's just a dead woman. Just a dead body <laughs> at the end of the trail. I found her, and you're just crying <laughs> with my money. Now. I can never not see that. <laughs> just a waterlogged lesbian. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> oh, she's so bloated. It's a dead, 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 dead lesbian. <laughs> um, yeah, Ter- terrible. I'm sorry. Uh, no, go it, on. We've, I think we all have one of those per episode where we, we just hit a joke and then look at everybody like, come on, back me up, please. Um, so no, so new forensic imaging analysis of a grainy photo taken just three months after uh, Earhart died, disappeared. We don't know if she died right away. Yeah, she's um, probably still alive. May provide critical clues to uh, Earhart's fate. And when I'm reading this, I keep wanting to say Earnhardt. This is Dale. You might know where Dale Earnhardt's yeah. body is. Oh, that's who you're talking about, Amelia Earnhardt. <laughs> yeah. What if, Amelia what if Dale Earnhardt? What if Dale Earnhardt? What if Dale Earnhardt had crashed and they never found his body? I fucked up with that. Where's his um, body? I guess, oh my god. I guess you haven't seen Free Jack because that's what happens when <laughs> oh, you yeah. die in a car crash. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. Sorry. My um, bad. Future Mick Jagger steals your body and or Anthony Hopkins. Okay. So the so the uh, image that they re did reanalysis of um, it showed landing gear sticking out right off of uh, an island that they had distress calls coming from shortly after she disappeared. And uh, it was taken three months after, and the landing gear looked just like a Lockheed Electra, which is exactly what she was uh, flying at the time. So this July, coming up, an international group of historic air... uh, the International Group for Historic Aircraft Recovery will launch a deep water search for the plane um, and also for Dale Earnhardt's remains. <laughs> <laughs> and she uh, she died when she was trying to circumnavigate the globe in 1937. She was going from New Guinea to Howland Island, uh, which um, that's is, not. Wouldn't you just go from New Guinea to New Guinea if you were going to go around the Earth? Wouldn't that? Well, no. Like that was did? one of her. That was a oh, pit okay, stop. Okay. She started in. I think she started in California, and then she had gone all the way around the world to. Um, she either started in California or Florida. I don't. I think California. So she was short the Pacific. That's all she had to do. Yeah. So she was just starting to go across the Pacific. She was going to land on an island in the mm-hmm. Pacific to refuel, and then make it to I think Los Angeles. Um, and so how did she, she know in advance that that island had fuel? Well, I, I mean, <laughs> you can't. Yeah, I was wondering because you can't. It's cool ahead. Yeah. It's 1937. It's not like the 1920s, man. I don't know. What I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the 20s, bro. It's the 30s. Get with the times. I yeah. do like the idea of like teenagers in the 30s going, "Come on, mom, it's the 30s." <laughs> oh my god, I never thought of that. Yeah. Thought that's, yeah. Yeah. It's big band, mom. It's big band. <laughs> mom, get rid of your circle wax tubes, okay? You don't, you don't understand these newfangled platters <laughs> that we're all slapping down. It's the 30s, Mom. I can kiss boys when I'm 25 if I want. Um, <laughs> I wonder if pre-industrial revolution, if there was any sense of that. Because, like, so little changed from one decade to the next. Like, did anybody ever say to someone else, it's the 1860s, get with the time? Like, I Boy, feel like nobody... I, I really doubt it. I think yeah. that whole decade thing, that was a 20th century... I bet it happened. Phenomenon, because in the 20th century, shit shit changed so fast. Yeah, I wonder if like the well, I don't know. In Mad Men, do you guys watch Mad Men? Do they say, "Come on, it's the 50s" in that one? First of all, the whole show takes place in the 60s. Oh, it's the 60s. Son of a bitch. Sorry, man. 
No, I. I but I've the early sixties look like what we picture the fifties being. Like the sixties, the si- air quotes. I think the sixties started yeah. in like sixty-seven. Yeah. We had we had a dress like it's the sixties day in high school, and one of my punk friends dressed up like it was nineteen sixty-two. He just put on he put on like khakis and a polo shirt. <laughs> Like co- combed his hair all nice. No, what the cultural reference of '60s means, not the actual years. Like, <laughs> He's like, like no, nope, yeah. nope. I, I, I'm going with my interpretation. Yeah, Fuck yeah. you guys. Yeah, you just talked about Korea. I'm in punk, favor of Vietnam. Punk rock. <laughs> yeah. I can't there wait to go to Vietnam. There were some people like me in the '60s. Some people liked the war. No, I'm dressed up as one of those guys who punched people when they tried to sit in at lunch counters. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. He's <laughs> like. That's the thing I never... <laughs> what, you guys got all sad at racist reenactment? No, 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 no. No. I was think. I was trying to think of what in my head. I was. I was thinking that you were. Uh, I was thinking of people who didn't like Vietnam vets, like people who'd spit on vets and shit. Oh, okay. That's oh, what no, I that's back, going backwards. I was like, what was going total, on here? Total reverse. Yeah. yeah. No. no, that would just be hippies dressing up like the people who yeah, spit man, on vets. I fucking right? hate hippies, man. Uh, no, you're not alone. The worst. There's no reason to not hate them. Yeah, they're a piece of garbage. Some of them are nice. Other, I was reading some um, of my, be- my best friends. An interview. <laughs> well, I mean, I do. I like fun hippies, but like, um, I was reading an interview with Dan Auerbach from the Black Keys, and he was saying like his favorite um, musician is uh, John Fogarty from Credence because he's like he never really changed like he just always was wearing he was just that denim guy yeah. and like long hair and was like fucking I'm just gonna be like this right sort of like getting the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers tattoo like 10 years past their cultural re- relevance and then sticking with it fuck you <laughs> I think there hasn't been a single episode since you revealed that that we haven't brought it up. I know, I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been, honestly, it's been more funny tattoos on Brooks lately than getting Brooks to do horrible racist accents. Yeah, and I, yeah, for one, am tra- disappointed in all of you. <laughs> uh, no. Okay, let's, how about, can you do uh, timely accents instead of geographical ones? Like, can you do an impression of, like, 1930s uh, dame who flies her own plane? Like, what might she sound like? Gee, Willie, guys, get out of the way. I'm getting out of here from New Guinea straight over to the <laughs> Nile Island. <laughs> That's pretty good. Now, here's the thing, Brooks. Could you do a Venetian accent? What is Venetian? Well, a bit of Venice, which I, I guess it's kind of Italian, but a bit more pretentious. Okay. Gee whiz, guys, get out of the way. <laughs> I gotta get over there to Venice. That's pretty where good. Where I'm from. That's pretty good. And coincidentally, our next topic... Uh, <laughs> oh, so ne- Matt gets a pass. Yeah. Matt's allowed to make segues. I liked that segue. Okay. <laughs> um, new, new, new satellite uh, data seems to have shown that um, Venice is continuing to sink. At a rate of about two millimeters a year. Yeah. I know. Yeah, good. So, I, I know it's sinking because of the film Casino Royale. Oh, yes. And the finale takes place in Venice in a sinky house. Oh, yeah. That's the right. technical name for those. That's <laughs> the, the, sink the Italian term is a sinky house. Hey, it's a sink house. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, last century, there was major uh, sinking because of constant extraction of water from below ground. And they realized that and stopped it and thought, oh, we've stopped the sinking. But uh, no, they're wrong. It's still, uh, um, all, not only is the water sink, is the actual ground sinking, but also the waters are rising in the Venetian lagoon by about two millimeters a year. So that's a full four millimeters a year increase in sea level, Whoa. effectively. That's crazy. It should sink faster. That way they don't have time to start another world war. Am I right, Matt? <laughs> Did the Wait a minute. <laughs> Italy. I'm talking about Italy. You remember okay, yeah. when the Italians attacked Pearl Harbor and uh, brought us into the conflict? Hey, they were in. They were bad guys in two world wars. They were. They were the baddies. That's true. That's what. Like my girlfriend's German. Well, she's her family's from Germany, and it's just like, man, like I, they're just really fucked up. Like twice, <laughs> back to back, so quick. They just really goofed. 
You know, we had German listeners also before this episode. <laughs> I'm not saying, I mean, like, they have to, I actually, I was really drunk in Las Vegas about a year ago, and uh, these, like, German, my friends were hitting on these German girls, and I showed up and was just like, what do you guys think about World War II? Like, and I was trying to, uh, honestly, like, every, I was. Every uh, 20-something German person's favorite question yeah, exactly. at a party. No, and they got, they got really offended. They're like, you fuck, like, you don't get it. You don't, like, that wasn't us. And, I'm, and I was like, no, I just want to know. What do you learn oh. in Germany about World War II? And they wouldn't talk about it. They yeah, would why not would talk you? about it. Because, you think they don't get that everywhere they travel from dumb Americans? I mean, that's, that's what they get for that. That's what that's they, what they they've earned that. <laughs> that's yeah. what those people who were born in 1981 yeah. get. That's yeah. like if everywhere we went, we were having to answer for, for slavery. It's the same thing, just separated by a hundred. And years. I would talk. I would. I'm from Iowa, so I'm real. I'm like, well, I fucking fought to free that shit. I I fought because <laughs> I I'm from Iowa. Well, my family's I, from Missouri, so really, I don't know. Oh, could have been either way. On I like that, that one. your your ancestors' battles are your own. You know, like I was at Normandy. I was yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I was a German person, I go. Well, that wasn't me, but I mean, my grandpa was real stupid. Like I, you know, I would own up to it, man. My grandpa actually was at Omaha Beach the day after D Day. Uh, which isn't like uh, amazing heroic, but it's interesting. The stories that I heard secondhand about how the beach was just littered with with cigarette packs, and like every one of those, you know, was where a man went down because everyone had cigarette. That's right. cigarette smoking started in World War II, from what I understand, as a huge thing in the U.S. because it was part of the ration. So everyone came home with a smoking habit. Right. But like he, he said, the beach was just littered, and every pack you knew was a dead person. So wait, they, they cleared up the bodies your, already, but he was your there. grandpa was in the military during World War II. Yes. No, he was a cigarette company <laughs> rep. Or he was just... Yeah, he was at, he he was was at Omaha tobacco. Beach. He was the first the day after, tourist The day after Omaha. D-Day, he was there. They already, the, the bodies had been removed, but there were cigarette packs everywhere. You knew seeing those thousands of cigarette packs. Well, the D-Day was like eight days or whatever, so like right after they took well, it over or whatever? After the bodies were cleared, but within a day or two of uh, whatever. Soon enough after that, that there weren't corpses, but there was the, the signs that there was lots of death that had happened there. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. We need Katy Perry to make a music video about well, that. Well, yeah. Andy, I think the point is that we're all grateful for your service you in know World what? War II. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I wanted someone oh, to finally man. say. Yeah, you nailed it. Uh, I really did, though. I really did. You cleaned the fuck out of that beach, man. Yep. You know what else would have cleaned a beach pretty well? What, what, what's what, handy? Well, what, what, if, what, if only we had a hydrogen-powered robotic jellyfish. Read, that, read my mind. Yep. That's what I read was. my mind you did. A what now? Yep. Uh, uh, how the, the U.S. scientists recently demoed a hydrogen-powered robo-jellyfish. Uh, the subtitle of this article is Our Underwater Overlords? Question mark. You know, robot jellyfish, what everybody's been pining for. Yeah. It's, it's, a <laughs> it's the thing that's, that's on everybody's lips. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wake, One day, wake, wake me up out of a sound sleep and go, Paul, what's yeah. the future? Robot jellyfish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 1950s kid, like, someday it'll be science fact. <laughs> oh, it's the housewife's friend. <laughs> yeah. who, will, who will design the robot jellyfish of the future? Will it, will it be you? <laughs> right now, robot jellyfish are just made out of wood, but one day... <laughs> <laughs> and they don't work at all for anything. They just sit there There's and sink. There's no purpose. There's equally no purpose now. Uh, for, according to this article on the register, uh, the jellyfish-like robot jellyfish demonstrated by researchers from, from Virginia Tech and the University of Texas isn't quite up to the task of gathering its own hydrogen yet, but that's the ultimate aim. Right now, what they're showing off is fairly impressive, though, in its imitation of the familiar moon jellyfish. Robo-jelly propels itself with artificial muscles that mimic the squirting movement of a real jellyfish. And that movement is driven by the heat released when hydrogen and oxygen, right now carried in tanks, combine. That heat is conducted to a 
shape memory alloy or SMA of nickel and titanium, which deforms a silicone bell to move the robot, like the same way that the jellyfish would constrict itself to uh, thrust itself through the water. How much like the things from the Matrix do they look? They look a bit <laughs> like the Matrix things, but they also look kind of like uh, RoboCop. They look a little bit like the restaurant at LAX, kind of too. <laughs> that sort of flying saucer on stilts. Um, this it, is like a perfect example of some some scientific research that is probably going to lead to something really cool and useful in about fifteen or twenty years, but right now is just ludicrous. Right. This yeah. is no. Like, this is definitely. What are, what are you doing? This is definitely just some PhD kids. Like his <laughs> thesis is like, uh, I made a robot jellyfish. <laughs> I bet. I bet I could do it, yeah. and I did it. <laughs> yeah. And now it's so here, what is it? here. It is here. Have it. Take Here. it from me. I don't. I don't know what the fuck to do with it. Well, I said two words together, and then I had to make it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how college works. I, that's awesome. I said it out loud when I was asked what I was making, and then I had to do it. <laughs> I, like I, I failed. That, that your thesis, your thesis, would be determined like the beginning of like a UCB improv team. Yeah. Like we need two words from the audience. Like robot and jellyfish. <laughs> What's, avocado f- bucket. I made an avocado yeah. bucket. <laughs> We'll when, someone, when someone asked me what I was making, I picture him just dicking around in the lab. Maybe he's he's like got two blobs of stil- silicone and he's stabbed two forks into him and he's making him dance like Charlie Chaplin with the dinner rolls. I, so I was like, "What are you making, <laughs> robot jellyfish?" <laughs> yes, yes, that I'm sticking with. That. I like. And then he did. I like. Uh, like Matt said. Um, avocado bucket like when they have to show the things like your robot jellyfish doesn't work you're like Mark got avocado bucket what the fuck he just hollowed out an avocado he just put fruit in an avocado he put a handle on it and called well, it an avocado bucket well it wasn't adventurous but you have done exactly what you claimed yeah exactly 100% my hypothesis I can make an avocado bucket yeah. therefore according Experiment. to the- According to the laws of this very peculiar class, I am forced to grant you an A. My control group was an avocado that I did not make into a bucket. <laughs> this is like a, this is a, a, a research result. team that's led by like a leprechaun professor who's just <laughs> beholden to these arcane rules about what you have to do. Oh, what you drew says. out of the bucket, you made. Yeah, yeah. Right, you failed. However, if you can guess my name in three turns. Exactly. <laughs> in guesses three, then you shall be the teacher of me. Yeah, and then <laughs> it's a John Roy sort of. Cop. And then everyone at the class is like, why? We shouldn't have taken the class under the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> this is a terrible class. And they're like, Brooks, you were the one that loved Anthony Kiedis. No, that wasn't a. <laughs> Wasn't a Red Hot Chili Peppers joke. Under the bridge downtown is where I took a class from a mythical creature. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. Um, all right. We'll move on to the historical um, science topic of the day. The final one, uh, and this is the theory of circulation, um, which still only a theory. Still only I'm a not theory. Sure about teach it. the, the jury's still out. Teach on the that controversy, one. guys. Yeah. Teach <laughs> the controversy. <laughs> but yeah, up until uh, 1628. People were very wrong with how blood flowed around uh, blood circulated in your body. There we go. Airplane making some nice chemtrails for us all. Um, but yeah, up until 1628, people were way off on uh, blood circulation. They thought um, that the li- that the liver was the main function of the liver was to um, circulate blood in your body, and that your heart. Huh supplied air to your body like air and breath that's what they thought so um, and the brain was where pee came from yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so on and so- exactly uh, they thought that the liver converted food into blood that's what you, you eat food it becomes eat food it becomes your blood and then you pee it out like wow. they were so wrong um, what did they think poop was the, I don't the know. devil they thought it was the devil <laughs> and then they coming they, out of your body 
People also thought uh, the blood circulated through your veins, so they knew the difference between veins and arteries, but they didn't think that they were what? associated at all. Because, like, down where they meet, they become, I think it's like area... Um, capillaries? Capillaries. Yeah, yeah. A- capillaries. You're, you're right okay. on that. Um, oh, oh, you mean capillaries. <laughs> no, it's not caterpillars, Matt. It's capillaries. Actually, I think that can go either way. Um, pronunciation. So yeah, so I mean, I'm going to allow this. Right. <laughs> it gets so it gets so microscopic that they can't tell that they can like are really connected. You know, their like whole dissection was terrible, um, and so they thought that the venous system circulated uh, heart, circulated blood to the body, and that the arterial system uh, carried air. And then in quotes, breath. They're like, that's what gives you breath. What an, wow, even what though a, when you cut an artery, a lot of blood yeah, comes out. Yeah, 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 I was going to say a startlingly easy thing to disprove. Well, they, they thought that blood was in the breath that you got from holes in your septum, which separates like your right and left ventricle in your heart. Um, and then will, this guy, William Harvey, he was an English physician um, in 16, what did I say, 28? Yeah, 1628, published uh, a thing. Which is what he called it. I got a thing, guys, that uh, says we're wrong. Um, I'm going to do it on publishing. But yeah, he, he figured this not to be true because when you cut an artery, like his main point was like, no, arteries are part of your circulatory system. When you cut an artery, blood squirts out at the same pattern as your heartbeat. So right. that was like a n- number one thing. And then he did a live dissection of a snake. And when he pinched an artery... Uh, the heart of the snake became engorged because blood couldn't leave it. And then when he pinched a vein, the heart shrank because blood wasn't going to the heart. Um, mm. so, and then he also deduced that the amount – he like did uh, calculations to figure out the amount of uh, blood going through your body uh, in an hour and figured that that was uh, far greater than any amount that a liver could, a liver could synthesize. Um, so he realized it was circulating rather than producing new stuff and being yeah. destroyed in some way. Yeah, I mean I think – yeah, he just, like, was one of the first guys to, like, I don't know, probably have the tools to do a proper dissection of it and stuff like that. Tell and you guys what, I'm pouring one out for that snake. <laughs> Not me, snake. I fucking hate that Give snake. <laughs> oh, yeah, you hate It's the best snake of all time. He's a regular Indiana Jones um, over here. Yeah, but actually, and then in 1924, it was, uh, this guy was um, reading all these uh, wor- books, I don't know. <laughs> this dude was- he was just like he going. Different, what, do, what do people read? He probably had a different word for him back He was then, going through all yeah. these Egyptian uh, scrolls. Scroll, like, well, what, I don't know. Just papyrus. Yeah, but papyrus. Anyway, in 1924, they found that um, this Arabian physician, uh, Ibn Al Nafs. Ibn Al Nafs. I mean, it's I B N is his first name. Ibn. I B N. I think IBN. that's just like the number of the book in the card catalog, isn't no, it? No, that's I B N Al Nafs. Or his name's Al Nafs in twelve forty two. But anyway, um, an Egy- this Arabian physician in Egypt um, actually wrote the proper circulatory system in twelve forty two. So he had he mm. figured it out four hundred years before. Yeah, I don't understand how anybody wow. could think that the liver... I mean, just because if you if you actually cut somebody open, you wouldn't see veins and arteries going to and from the liver in the kind of numbers that you would, or in the kind of sizes. Like, I don't think, yeah. right? This was, this was also a time when people thought that human beings were just bags of four different kinds of goo that right. made you angry, the, happy, sad, or tired. Were they, were they bile, blood... There was yellow bile, black bile, phlegm, and blood... blood. Those, that's that was the four. That was it, yeah. I, think, I think it was very. Um, it was against the church to dissect bodies too. Like I think. Oh really? I, so they were just guessing based on extra. Oh yeah, people had to steal them if they wanted to right. for a long time. Um, well, we talked we, about. We did a, sto- a story Burke about Burke and, and Hare. But you can Burke even you can even see like you can see the sort of flow of the body of, 
you can see the flow of the blood in the veins by um by just if you put a tourniquet over your arm and then run a finger along one of the veins you can stop the flow of blood and then release it see it come back and you can also see how it gets stopped by um the valves at various points yeah i I mean they should have figured it out by the 1620 ultimate warrior when he would cut off he would wear those super tight armbands and his veins would pop they should have been like how's ultimate warrior doing that it must be it must be blood flow um yeah and also this william harvey um englishman was the uh, physician to i think king james the second, or one of them. He was the main physician in England for his time. So he had some hookups. Yeah, he had some mad hooks. He was allowed to cut um, some bodies. And actually, I went to, that was my major in college, was cardiovascular mechanics, uh, and I didn't know any of this, so. You didn't know how a blood circul- you thought that I still liver- thought it came out of the liver. <laughs> I was pretty sure that it was from the liver. What about the fact that everyone like associates the heart with uh, everything, you know, emotional, and uh, just all, attributes all these things that are obviously all in the brain to that where do you think that came from well i think that they used to think the the brain did everything like the brain was in charge of circulate circulation and whatnot and then they could find like what your other organs did and they didn't know what the heart did like they just didn't know so it they're like so that's where your feelings else- come from right that just must be just because it's at the sort well, so of if the you don't have microscopes that can see like can see the complexity of the brain then it's just this sort of gray mass and you're not sure what the fuck it's doing at all it's my favorite thing about the ancient egyptians that they, they thought the brain was useless they didn't think you needed it. Really? <laughs> yeah, when they mummified people, they put your organs in those those canopic jars, the four, di- oh, four yeah. different jars for, like, your heart, lungs, liver, and something else, like gallbladder or something. Yeah, something weird. And uh, they, w- they would toss the brain. They melted the brain down and removed it from the skull through the nose. Yeah. And, and just tossed it because they didn't know what it was for and they thought you wouldn't need oh, it. Oh, it's just so annoying because if we still had some preserved Egyptian brains, then we could make Egyptian robots. I know, exactly. right? With all their thoughts and what feelings. What we have for making mummies if all we have are like livers and. Oh, do you think that's bladders? why mummies are so stupid? Why they're always just yeah, like chasing They're just oh. lumbering along. They've had their brains removed. They're they, just trying. I, they I just want my spleen back. They yeah. had their arms straightened. Like, I don't know why they did that, but <laughs> they put bolts in their elbows and. Yeah. They have lobotomies. That's what yeah. it is. I, uh, Sadly, the dream of putting an Egyptian, ancient Egyptian brain inside a jellyfish robot will after a man in dream. <laughs> I always thought, like, because when uh, the pharaoh would die, they would kill all his servants and bury him with them so he would have, like, servants in the afterlife. Like, if you're a servant for him, like, you're his housemaid, you're like, he's getting fucking sick, man. I got to get out of here. Oh, if you see the yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're I like, might, uh, I like, might apply for another job. Yeah. Just, uh... What are you bakers doing? I could be a baker. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like when the... Uh, maybe one of those guys who pulled the blocks. They they just uh, they go home, they have a cold beer, which they invented back then. <laughs> they did. They actually, that's what they paid them. They was, I think it was like five gallons of beer for a day of uh, pyramid building. Five you know, gallons is ambitious. In that's... Roman times, they used to pay them in salt, which yeah. is, that's where the word salary comes from. That's that really? Oh, that's mm-hmm. true, yeah. Wow. I'd rather have beer. So that's why, like, that's what celery salt means also, then. That's... <laughs> The salt salt. Is that where Bloody Marys came from? <laughs> that is exactly where Bloody Marys came okay, from. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody Marys used to be made of liquefied slaves. Yeah. Oh, Female and, uh, slaves. No, oh, true. Yeah. yeah. Is that, <laughs> is that, is that where we're ending? Is that, that we're ending on? the end of it. It makes me want to talk about lobotomies, though, because I do love, uh, maybe this could be a future oh, science but, history topic. Have we talked about lobotomies at all? Lobotomies are the no, creepiest, the creepiest thing in the world. Like, I think... Transorbital lobotomy, is that what it's called when you go in through the eye socket? I have... Uh, well, if you, if you want to find out about lobotomies, maybe choo- keep tuning in to uh, keep, keep downloading. I, I love talking about specifically Rosemary Kennedy. That story fascinates me. 
But uh, that could be a fear future time. But that's my, my personal theory. If there is a Kennedy curse, it began with the lobotomy of Rosemary Kennedy. That's going to be a teaser for a future episode when I'll go into my whole theory. But in the oh. meantime, uh, Paul J, thank you very much for joining us. Have you got anything to plug? Um, when will this go up? This will go up. We're not quite cute. sure. It might go up. It'll be up either this in the coming- next two weeks. It'll be either on Monday the twenty sixth or on Monday April second. Okay, uh, I'm gonna be on the Holy Fuck Show Tuesday April eleventh, tenth, whatever Tuesday that is. Second week in April, which is a, which 10th. is a cool show at the Downtown Independent Theater Downtown Los Angeles. Cool, and, 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 and also you got the Twitter and the Facebooks, and and, and I'm gonna be on the Meltdown Show on that Wednesday. So Holy nice. Fuck and Meltdown one right after the other, and I'm going That's to be a great show. I'm going to be at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in mid April with Andy we and will, all we'll of our. We'll all be there in Portland, Oregon, April twelfth through the fifteenth. Yep. And Twitter Paul J Comic P A U L J A Y Comic and Paul J on Tumblr. Yep. And find me on Facebook. You can try to friend me, but if I don't know who you are, oh. I'll tell you to fuck right off. Because that's how I do it. So you're hoping you'll have listeners that know you but aren't yet your friend on Facebook. <laughs> right, Who right. will take advantage of this generous There's offer. Got to be one or two. <laughs> and as always, uh, follow Probably Science on, uh, on Twitter and on Tumblr. And uh, if you've got any queries or any corrections or any just out-and-out statements or... Yeah, we get fan so mail, and we love it, man. We you got some corrections. In? Yep. We'll, uh, we'll talk about Someone it Someone corrected Brooks's shitty telling of the story of the first marathon, <laughs> or the run that, <laughs> that lent the race its name. And uh, we welcome anybody correcting Brooks in particular, so please do chime so in. Please with do. And, and, take it. and any Portlanders do go to the Bridgetown Festival, because we'll all be there. It's going to uh, be a fun time. Any Winnipeggers yeah. go to the Winnipeg Festival, I'll be there. That same weekend, you're splitting your time between I two am. festivals. I am. I'm just so. sorting out my yeah. flight now, so I can get in on time to... Yeah, and if you're listening to this and haven't yet checked out BridgetownComedy.com, do that because you can see all about the festival. It's ridiculous. We have 240 comedians. We just added John Glazer. We're doing a delocated panel with Amy Schumer and Janine Garofalo. Uh, Busy Phillips will be up there. Matt Besser, Todd Glass. I mean, just so many. Ooh, I'm going to be doing Jake the Snake Roberts, that character. Nice. Uh, so I'm pretty probably on the same show as James Adomian. who will be on Adomian. a future episode of yep. this show. Yep. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Go go build some robot jellyfishes, you guys. Jellyfishes, plural. Good night. Thanks, Paul J. Thank you.